0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time zone it is you're listening from. This is The Sheridan Show with Chris Sheridan from BasketballNews.com. I'm real pleased to be joined today by a top-notch uh, journalist and a, a, a guy who's been around covering the NBA for an awful long time. He covers all sorts of things now at the uh, at the Houston Chronicle he's Brian T. Smith, he's Cron, C-H-R-O-N, Brian Smith on Twitter, at Cron Brian Smith on Twitter, and uh, Brian, welcome to the show, and uh, uh, it's great to have you on, Uh, and we're going to get right to it, Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston, and you wrote about it in today's Houston Chronicle, what's going on here?
1: Well, Chris, number one, thanks for having me on, I I, I remember your work from when I was coming up as a beat writer, uh, and, uh, have have always admired what you've, what you've done. Um, it's still hard to say, I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I have talked to people who know exactly what is going on. And usually when that happens, there'll be some type of, you know, consensus, right? You know, Russell Westbrook, has officially requested a trade. Trade. He'll never play for the Rockets again. We're working on a trade, et cetera, et cetera. You look at everything that's out there, and granted, this is the you know 24/7, 365 Twitter world. This is sports during the coronavirus pandemic, where it feels like 99% of sports reporters are sitting at home, uh, constantly tweeting all the time. It's the era where you can have a semi-anonymous Twitter account publish a trade rumor, and it's and, you know, and sometimes it'll it feels like it'll pop up on Hoopside. So, anything can be said, but when it comes to Westbrook and when it comes to Harden, as we speak right now, there's still not a lot of certainty. And when you factor in how crazy this NBA season is going to be again, that free agency is going to happen so quickly. The draft is about to happen, training camps are about to happen. The Rockets are in an absolutely unprecedented space. So, I know for a fact the Rockets believe that they have to trade Russell Westbrook. The issue is going to be, are they able to? Is there a way to calm the situation down? Um, do they try to trade him and they have to end up backing off because, you know, ultimately they, they figure off they're, they're better keeping him in the fold for one more season and maybe trading him next season, whatever it is. Uh, it, it's a very, very odd and, and complex situation to the fact that uh, it's, I won't mention specific media outlets, but national media outlets who normally on some level have some type of you know, consensus about a star player wanting a trade, there's still not any consensus with some of the national media outlets that initially reported you know, Westbrook's frustration. I, I reported a month ago in the Chronicle and it literally did not get picked up anywhere that there was on and off tension last season between Harden and Westbrook. A month later, Westbrook wants out. The Rockets are open to trading him. They're gonna explore trading him. Honestly, uh, I won't be surprised if he gets traded in the next 48 hours. I won't be surprised if they go through the draft and free agency and try to make it work once training camp starts and they get everybody in the same building. It's, It's a very, very odd situation.
0: It, it is. And uh, you know, if one thing 2020 has taught us is expect everything to be different tomorrow than it is today, like in a huge, huge way. And, you know, maybe this thing can be put back together. Maybe it's irreparably damaged. A couple of reporters that I, that, that I follow on Twitter that I trust very much said, um, here's the problem. Russell Westbrook does not want to play for Tillman for He's a, the, the, uh, the restaurant billionaire who, uh, uh, for, he's the owner of Landry's Inc. He was providing a lot of the food at the uh, at, at the NBA bubble, and um, yeah. he bought the the Houston Rockets for two point two billion dollars um, back in two thousand and seventeen. So he's had the team now for over three years. What do you make of that theory? That it, it's the problem is that Russell doesn't want to play for this owner.
1: I, I'm always reluctant to, especially in this day and age, to you know to bleep all over other people's reporting. I will say, and I'm not, I, I'm not gonna say that's not part of it. Um, perhaps it could be, I've never heard that, and it doesn't make any sense. Okay, number, number one, Dan Gilbert was, is the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Dan Gilbert, while his you know regard has improved in the last few years, didn't LeBron James have a pretty serious situation with Dan Gilbert and he would never go back and that ended up working out and they won a title? Um, you look at the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers did not have the greatest ownership situation to see it say the least for the last five to ten years. It smoothed out a little in the last couple of years. NBA stars, NBA superstars do not leave teams, sign with teams, make career decisions, potentially go from having a shot to be you know a five percent chance to be a title contender if, if you stay to maybe going, I'm just throwing out these teams because they've been mentioned in general, Charlotte or Sacramento. I'm not saying that he could go there, but that those teams are mentioned. Why in the world would you go to a rebuilding situation uh, because of the owner? You know I mean? It's not like Tillman Fertitta has traded everybody away. Uh, it's not like Tillman Fertitta decided that the Rockets were going to play small ball. That was Daryl Morey. It's not like Tillman Fertitta wouldn't have been opening maybe Mike D'Antoni coming back or at least sitting down and having a conversation. That came down to Mike D'Antoni leaving, really leaving the Rockets hanging, thinking that he was going to make a, you know, throw the first punch, and now Mike D'Antoni doesn't have a head coaching job. It just makes absolutely no sense. I know what I've been told. I know what the facts are. I know that Russell Westbrook and James Harden, off and on, had tension last year. I know that for a fact, Russell Westbrook had tension on Mike D'Antoni last year. I know that Russell Westbrook, and it's what's been reported in the Houston Chronicle, and it, it hasn't been denied by anybody that Russell Westbrook is frustrated with the Rockets. He's frustrated. He was, he at least was up until, you know, as we speak, he was frustrated with the, the culture, the lack of accountability, the way the team has run all those things. That is the general manager. That is the head coach. That is not the owner. We're not talking about a Kings situation an old Cleveland Brown situation. So that part to me I I have not heard that, and it doesn't make any sense if you're going to make a career-altering decision at this point in your career. You're going to pick an owner over a team, over playing with James Harden, um, over trying to win a title. That that does not pass the smell test for me.
0: Yeah, it's… There's a lot of theories out there. Um, again, uh, we're joined today on The Sheridan Show by by, uh, by Brian Smith from the Houston Chronicle. He's covered the Blazers, he's covered the Jazz, he's covered the Astros and the Texans in, in Houston, and he's covered the Rockets as part of his job as a columnist uh, working alongside one of the great ones, Jonathan Fagan. Yeah, Fagan's fantastic. Oh, Fagan's been around for 175 years with that. Well, team. don't tell him that, but yes, he has. I did tell him that he didn't laugh. He's <laughs> hyper. Um, but uh so the situation is is what it is. And if generally when you have a superstar who wants out, let's assume for a minute that okay, he wants out. Yeah. Uh so you're you're Raphael Stone. You just took over from Daryl Morey as as general manager. Um, and you don't have anybody on your team taller than six foot eight. And you're also trying to trade a contract that is uh, very, very onerous. Russell is due to make uh, $41 million this upcoming season, 44.2 the year after, and $47 million the year after that. Um, when, you're, when, when you're trying to look around the league and say, okay, what do I need uh, back for Russell Westbrook? You know, a guy who's a triple-double machine and who's a former MVP. Um, what are you looking to get?
1: Well, number one, Daryl Morey did fantastic things, so I'm not coming on here to bag on Daryl Morey. But Daryl Morey left the Rockets, okay? He did not leave the Rockets to spend time with his family. The The entire setup when he suddenly resigned was an absolute joke uh, that some of the national media carried water for, some of the local media carried water for. It, it feels like that situation with the 76ers was, it was in play, obviously, if you know anything about the NBA and pro sports before he left the Rockets, uh, the simple fact that Daryl Morey had serious discussions about leaving the Rockets just a couple years ago and signing with a 76er. So you already had that foundation set there. So I, I bring that up because for all the great things he did and James Harden's on a rocket without Daryl Morey, Chris Paul isn't, Dwight Howard isn't, they are a Chris Paul hamstring away, I believe history will always say, from from very likely winning a world title and that changes the entire narrative. Daryl Morey and Harden and Chris Paul, on and on and on. I mean, careers were altered. The franchise was altered. NBA futures were also altered by Chris Paul's hamstring. The reason I point all that out is because Daryl Morey get all that basically, especially the last three or four years, treated first round picks like they were disposable coffee pots. Uh, they were they were worthless. Uh, you know, to to get Chris Paul to appease James Harden, Chris Paul is not traded away. I mean, to get Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul is not traded away without question, without James Harden wanting him gone and ultimately wanting to pair up with Russell Westbrook, which is what makes this situation so difficult for the Rockets. Hey, you're the, you're the franchise face. We listened to you. We basically followed your lead. We granted your wish. And a year later, you can't make it work with your old best friend, close friend, Russell Westbrook. Like, dude, uh, you're probably a huge part of the problem. So you put all that together, what do they have to get for him? Well, number one, you cannot trade away Russell Westbrook and not get a decent pick back. Um, you know, look at what Miami, everyone, the Rockets have forever said the last, you know, four or five years. Well, I mean, if we don't, and Tony used to say this, you know, even if we had a, a high pick, uh, what does it matter? Because we're, we're playing with vets, you know, we're, we don't have time to, to learn on the job. You know, we're, we're, we're all in right now. Well, this is what happens when your roster is 31, 32, 33, 34, and you're paying a bunch of guys way too much money. Look at Miami last year. Where Where is where is Miami without using the draft wisely? Where is where is Golden State's dynasty uh, just a couple years ago without, you know, in the end, winning in the draft? So if you're the Rockets and you trade Westbrook, you have to get a real draft pick back. And everyone knows, and it was obvious last year, Chris, this team – in many ways was a running joke by the end because of small ball. Again, that was on Daryl Morian. That was on Mike D'Antoni. So if you're going to do this, ideally getting some type of, you know, stretch four, big man who can, who can stretch the four and shoot threes and run the court a la Clint Capella, Clint Capella didn't shoot threes, but Clint Capella was in many ways the best pick-and-roll partner, the best uh, partner that James Harden ever had in terms of being a one-two punch. Or, I mean, you know, you start to see the other superstars it around. I mean, here's an idea for the Rockets. What if you actually built a team around James Harden? You know, what if you're able to convince James Harden, hey, we have a plan, we're not rebuilding, you're the best, you're, you're a top five player in the NBA, we'll tell you you're the best so you make, you know, so you, so you feel like you're the best player. And we're going to build a team around you. The, the, the Rockets have gone superstar, superstar, and that worked last year with the with the Lakers. but. Look at the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors developed their superstars. Um, you know, even, even LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James in Cleveland had Kyrie and Kevin Love. Uh, but that's just been the trend, you know, the super team. So that's, I think that's maybe what they end up doing is, is if you can't get a superstar back, and I don't know how you make that work with Westbrook because the contract is so crazy. Unless it's just a one-for-one, one, I like Chris Paul then maybe you have to take somewhat of a step back. Think that you have two years left with Harden, maybe three. You get a draft pick, you make that pick work, and you're able to, you know, with the remaining players, form a better team around him. Maybe, maybe that's the option. But honestly, there are, the reason you can, you, can, you can throw out every parameter um, with Russell Westbrook is because there's no good option as we speak because that contract is so horrible.
0: Yeah. And when you send out $41 million, unless you're trading to a team with, with a ton of cap space and there's only a handful of them out there, you have to bring back matching salaries and that's going to make Raphael Stone's job all that much harder. But uh, you, you do make a good point. that Clint Capella was a great pick and roll partner for James Harden and James Harden is a ball dominant player. And yeah. He's a shooting guard, but he plays like a point guard. He's the best one, yeah. one, one-on-one player maybe ever uh, in the NBA. And uh so if you build a team around him, you'd certainly have to ha- get some size back. Um, and but let's let's throw this one out there since there's a Philadelphia-Houston sort of rivalry yeah. thing going on now. Would you trade Russell Westbrook for Joel Embiid and a number one pick?
1: I would do it with. I mean, how do I hit accept right now?
0: <laughs>
1: and I, I don't. I don't like. I'm not walking around waving the Embiid flag. He's got issues. I mean, you want to have fun in Twitter. You put Joel Embiid and James Harden on the same team. I mean, you talk about sometimes not showing up in really important games. My Lord. But <laughs> the idea of, I mean, we're gonna play, you know, have fun and, and with the trade machine. My gosh, the, the talent there, the ability to space the floor, run the floor, go big, go small. You have, you have to be multiple. It's like the NFL nowadays. You have to have different options. Everyone wants to talk about the Warriors and the death lineup and the Hamptons and all this stuff the warriors could always go big if they needed to there was a reason they would start a center i mean bit, they would they would move them around it would be Bogut. it would be different guys they had the option of going big the lakers could go big miami on some level could go big but miami you know miami plays old school 1980s defense and jimmy butler's in you know, the best way absolutely insane the the rockets have become so one dimensional under Mike D'Antoni and Daryl Morey, and they eventually peaked. And then when when your when your leader is a passive aggressive leader, when your leader has had documented—I mean, this is going on since 2015—major issues with Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook on some level. Um, I, they, they they've they've tried everything. They've tried everything. And so yeah, if you if you can if you could get a pick, and Joel Embiid, and and James Harden's in the fold for two or three more years. I think it's easy to argue you'd be a better team right now than you were last year. You know, I don't, I don't uh, think Daryl Morey's that dumb, though. I think Daryl Morey's way too smart to do that.
0: No, I think Daryl Morey, if he tries to get into this, would rather trade Al Horford. But what Daryl Morey, where he's coming from is a position of strength at the center position and that he has a superstar in Joel Embiid, and he has a very good uh, center whose, uh, whose money uh, helps make the, yeah. the numbers match in Al Horford. Yeah. So, But the possibilities are endless. and. Right now, as we tape on, on Friday afternoon, Friday the 13th, this is the special Triska, Depef- Triska Decaphobia issue uh, uh, version of the Sheridan Show. NBA general managers do not yet know when they can start making trades.
1: Yeah, that's the crazy part of all this, too. I mean, it, it's, it's all, you know, Russell Westbrook, and it feels like the Rockets have known about this for a while. I mean, and that, that's, that's yeah, not to interrupt you, Chris, but I've been writing about this a lot in the Chronicle, and I've been writing about it really for years now and trying to drop hints. And I, 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 you know, in a lot of ways, I was probably, um, you know, the, the one person locally who was at times, uh, you know, pulling the rockets down or trying to point out like, Hey, it's not as pretty as they keep saying, and, and they have issues. And if this does not work, if they don't catch lightning in a bottle, the one time, uh, there's a lot going on underneath the surface that is a mess. And with Westbrook, Whatever, whatever, it is, whether he said officially, "I want out of here," or um, you know, to his agent, "Get me out of here." There, there, there's all those shell games now. But by doing this when he did it, um, it really, really puts the Rockets, the front office, even Harden, uh, you know, your first-time GM, your first-time coach who's never coached in an official game. It really puts them in a difficult spot. There's a way out if you're smart and you're well-run. And you know Stone is going to be the next Daryl Morey. There's there's clearly a way out, but it's going to take a very smart organization to come out ahead in this.
0: Yeah, a lot of changes ahead for for not just the Houston Rockets, but a lot of teams around the NBA. We do know that the draft is going to be next Thursday night. We do not know much beyond that, but we, we yeah. know that we know when the draft is, and we know when the season starts. Um, it's going to be a crazy busy month uh, between the start of trading which has uh, it, got to happen probably sometime before the draft. but You never know because they're still talking and working out the details. Uh, and then up and, right up until December 22nd with training camps and then the start of the 72-game season. And uh, By the way, where are they going to play these games? Nobody has answers to a lot of these questions, and that's 2020 for you, folks. Um, lots of questions, not a lot of answers. Everybody's got to go day by day, hour by hour, and expect the unexpected. So, again, I want to thank Brian Smith from the Houston Chronicle uh, from joining, for joining me on the Sheridan Show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Sheridan Hoops uh, and read my stuff on basketballnews.com. Uh, we're a new website being run by Alex Kennedy, who everybody knows from uh, his days at Hoops Hype as the main columnist. Uh, Brian Smith is at Cron Brian Smith on Twitter. You should follow him as well. Again, he's real well versed in a lot of a, a lot of sports because he's covered them all, but uh, especially in basketball and really some insightful commentary, Brian. So I want to thank you for have, for uh, for being on the show uh, today on Friday the thirteenth.
1: Thanks for having me on, Chris. I really, Chris, I really appreciate it.
0: All right, and despite the day, good luck to everybody. Stay safe and be well. And that's an over and out.